At Gates, we are passionate about the Word of God. We hope the message you are about to listen to empowers you today. There's something about the Word being declared about the Spirit of God and the person of the Holy Spirit and what His reason and purpose is here for us that it's got to be delivered. It's got to be delivered. You know, when you look at the life of Jesus in Scripture, and you look at the life of the Apostle Paul in Scripture, you look at the life of the Apostle Peter, we'll just take him, uh, the Apostle John. When you look at their lives in Scripture and and the accounts that are given, there's more of Jesus' day-to-day life and the Apostle Paul's day-to-day life than anybody else. And I'm talking about in the New Testament. But when you when you go through and you see what they dealt with, um, man, I mean, there was never a dull moment. Hmm? There was never a kind of down day. And the things that they went through, that they dealt with, and we have to think about how that relates to us today because, you know, so much of the time, I feel like in our society, people are looking for easier street. And uh, I don't find that street sign through the Gospels. Not in the life of Jesus. We see the street sign of victory everywhere we, we look. He, he, he lived from one victorious moment to the next. But the things that he walked through in this life, and especially in his earthly ministry, in the three and a half years that he was in ministry, man, what he went through and what the Apostle Paul went through. We started our Connect Equip class in the book of Philippians on Monday night, and we were talking about the Apostle Paul, and he was in, the, he was in prison in Rome when he wrote the letters to the Philippian church. And man, just the love that he had for those people in the Philippian church. He had a passionate love for them because they realized how important it was for them to support him, to pray for him, financially support him. He said they supported him like no other church. And and yet, when you read the letters that he sent to that church, to those churches in in Philippi, never once do you hear him complaining about his incarceration. If somebody else had written those letters, it might have been, man, the food's horrible, there's rats everywhere, and there were rats everywhere. And this, and that's what their letters would talk about, is how bad that their living conditions were. And the, the, the issue we have with that is, well, we, we, don't, we don't want those type of living conditions. We don't want to have to go through that kind of thing or those kind of things in our life, right? We don't want to have to deal with pressure. Everybody's pressure is different. Somebody that lives in certain parts of Africa, I'll just use that country as an example, 
and they don't know where their next meal is coming from. Somebody says, you know, what a horrible way to live. Well, that's one form of pressure. But anybody ever experienced pressure in the United States of America? But it's a different pressure. Well, I mean, there are people that are, you know, on skid row, starving, not eating, or whatever. But the majority of the people in this country are at least eating. But it's the pressures to pay the bills, to, you know, kind of compete with the, the neighbor and the, this person and that person and social media and everything else that, that, that's going on out there. There's all these pressures that are there, and... People are looking for kind of a lifestyle that is like, kind of like a 24-7 vacation. I've been in the grind and I've been on vacation. Which is better? Okay. I mean, I mean I'm not saying like you're stupid for thinking that. I mean, you know, okay, duh. Who would not want to just live 24-7 on vacation on the beach in Hawaii? But that's not real life. Real life is facing it, but facing it with the truth and facing it with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And that's what Jesus did, and that's what the Apostle Paul did. And they overcame in every situation. And what got better was, what got greater was their confidence in what was inside of them. Both of them. Well, Jesus was, was the Word of God. He was the Son of God, yeah? But He didn't come here to become that. He had to be just like you and I to be the perfect example and the perfect sacrifice for our lives. He had to be that. And the more He walked, the more the Apostle Paul walked in the things of God, the stronger they got because they got more confident in who was inside of them. So if they were in a Roman prison, an Ephesus prison, you know, horrible places, or they were, you know, at the J.W. Marriott, wherever, okay, there's pressure everywhere. And God wants us to know how to overcome at every level. And the only way, the only way, the only way, the only way, you can know the truth in your head and not have it revealed by the Holy Spirit, and it won't produce the results that you're looking for. So there's no greater message than that of the Holy Spirit because it was the key to Jesus' life, and we're going to look at that. It was the key to the Apostle Paul's life and everybody else in the New Testament, Holy Ghost that lived inside of them. That was, it was the difference maker. It was the, the key to their success and their victory to overcome. And that's what you and I, we have to see. We're living in some pressure-filled times. There's some stuff and things happening out there in the world and in the system that we live in. There's all kinds of things going on. But we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, by the Holy Ghost revealing truth to our lives. We overcome in every situation. So, we're starting tonight and we're going to go till we're done. I mean, not tonight, but... (laughs) I could hear somebody getting really nervous. <laughs> What's he mean by that? No. Um, but we're going to, in the weeks ahead, we're going we're gonna to go with this until we've exhausted what God wants us to exhaust. So, 
I'm going to start in Genesis 1 and verse 1, talking about the Holy Spirit. We're just going to kind of take a journey through a number of verses of Scripture leading up to the last passage that we're going to read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 2. So I just want to start out with looking at the Holy Spirit right in the beginning. In the beginning, verse 1 of Genesis 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Right in the beginning, there we see the Spirit of God. We know in Scripture, uh, three different places in the New Testament, we know that the Spirit of God, the Word of God, and the Father were all three before this point. There was nothing that we have any evidence of that was before. I mean, there's evidence that there were, there were lifestyles before this planet. There's definite evidence of all those things. We're not, I mean, we're talking about the God that created all of this and stuff you can't even explain, and there's no way to, no way to even put words to what he, don't tell me there's not other places, you know, he's God, right? Uh, there's other stuff, and, but all we need to know about is right here, right now, amen? We need to focus on how we're living day to day, how our life is affecting other people's lives, and what God is doing in us and revealing himself to us. That's what matters today. Amen? But he was right there in the beginning. Spirit of God. Everybody say, the Spirit of God. Title of my message, I think, is going to be in this series. I'm going to give it to you tonight. But title of my message is the Spirit of Truth. The Spirit of Truth. And there he is, right in the beginning. So he creates... The Father creates everything by what He says, and in Genesis 1 and 27, it says, so God created man in His own image. What is that? What's His image? Spirit. His image is spirit. So God created man, spirit. Angels weren't created in God's image. Animals weren't created in God's image. We were created in God's image. He said, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So looking out here today, I see male and female, because that's all there is. That's all that's ever been created was male and female, okay? No matter what you do to yourself, you can't get rid of your DNA. If you're born male, you're male. You're born female, you're female. done. Even the scientists will tell you that's the truth. But they learned it from the Bible. Either male or female. And every male and female that I'm looking at today, you are a spirit. Hmm? Because you were created in the image of God who is spirit. Third chapter, eighth verse. And we know he created the animals, named everything, did all, you know, Adam and Eve, uh, their physical bodies were created, they're one, they're on their honeymoon, they're in the garden, you can have everything, just don't mess with the tree, right? And they did, 
And, you know, when it's all said and done and they see God and he's challenging them, these are the things that were said here. And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God. What is that presence? Spirit. They hid themselves from the Spirit. They were created Spirit, but they did something that separated them from the Spirit. Now they're body and soul. And they've separated themselves from the Spirit. Watch. He said, um, then the Lord, God called to Adam and he said to him, where are you? So he said, I I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? And right there is the separation, but one of the things that we have to see about that in our own lives is that you are separated when you listen to somebody that told you you're a loser. Because God's saying, oh, who told you you were a loser? Somebody has told you that you're a failure. Holy Spirit is saying, wait, 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 wait. who told you you were a failure? You were created in my image. Who told you that? That's what he's saying here, and that's what happened. And so God's whole plan of redemption, which was actually started before this even happened, his whole plan of redemption was to get reconciled back to us. You say, well, why didn't God just fix that? Because he gave authority to man. It was in our hands to do with what He gave us, and we had to do it by His Spirit, but then we separated, we see right here, we separated from His presence. We were afraid of His presence. People are still afraid of His presence. Why do you think most people are afraid of evangelizing? Adam was afraid of God. And that same fear that happened, that started right here, is the same thing that people are afraid of what could happen, like somebody reject them if they speak the truth to them. They're afraid of what could happen because they don't know the presence of God. When you're operating in the presence of God and you come into the presence of another person, how many are passing church cards out still. I just encourage you, keep doing it. we got a whole supply of them out there. One of the last ones was in a, was in a, was in a, uh, that's your check. Okay. So, say that's a card, go ahead and grab, just grab the end of it, don't, don't tear it. <laughs> so, I, I was in a drive through not Starbucks, and, uh, and 
the guy gave me my stuff, and, uh, and I had a card in my, I always carry one in my pocket. If I have a pocket, I, I had it in my pocket, and I took it out. And, and, and I said, hey, I want to give this to you. And, he grabbed, and he, he grabbed the end of it, but I didn't let go. And he's going, and he goes, are you going to give it to me? I said, yeah, but, but hold it there for a second because I want to say something to you. I said, I'm not giving this to you because I have to. I'm giving it to you because I, w- I want to. And I want you to know, this is a church card, and I don't know if you believe in church or you like church or you do any of that kind of stuff, but he said, I said, what I want you to know is that where I go to church, we believe in what we do. We really believe it. I said, we pray for people. And I said, from today on, and I looked at his name tag and I saw his name, and I said, from today on, your name's going on my prayer list if you don't mind, and I'll pray for you every day. He looked at me. I mean, he stood there like this. For, it seemed like for like five minutes. It's probably five seconds, you know. But it seemed like a long time. He just looked at me. And you know what he said? Thank you. You can let go of it now. (laughs) You know what he said? He said, why? He said, why would you pray for me? (laughs) I mean, I, I had about four answers, but I was thinking about the right answer. And I said, you know, The reason being is because I gave you this card because God loves you. And he told me he loved you. And I'm giving you this card because he loves you. And he wants you to know him in a greater way. See ya. Just left it. I mean, what if... I mean, I'll probably see the guy again. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he, he may ask somebody else to go to the window, you know, if you, the next time you see him. I don't know. I don't, who knows? But I'm not afraid of that because did, did I say anything weird or strange or putting condemnation on him or judging his light? No, there was none of that. Just that God loves him. Truth. Amen? God doesn't want us afraid of those, and that's where this fear thing started right here. When you're separated from the things of the Spirit, there's great fear. Because you're afraid, number one, of the unknown. You don't know what's out there. But when you're connected to the one and you're listening to the one that knows everything about everything, wow, there's no end. What can happen and what can be accomplished? Can you say amen to that? So... Fast forward a little bit to the, let's fast forward to the New Testament, to Luke chapter 3, and there's, there's all kinds of verses of Scripture tonight. I'm just, I'm not going to wear you out with too much, but I'm going to give you enough. And we're going to fast forward to Jesus, the beginning of His earthly ministry. And this is what happened that had to happen to Him for his earthly ministry to be effective. His earthly ministry wasn't going to be effective because he was the Son of God. 
He was the son of man. He was made the son of man, flesh and blood body just like yours and mine. He came directly from the seed of God. We came indirectly, the difference in the two. But because he was who he was, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, that wasn't going to empower him to produce what he needed to produce in the three and a half years he was here. This is what empowered him right here. Luke chapter 3 and verse 15. Now as the people were in expectation and all reasoned in their hearts about John, whether he was the Christ, because they were, they were vacillating back and forth, could this be the, the Christ or, or not? John answered saying to all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to loose. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Verse 21. When all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open, and the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him, and a voice came from heaven which said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And what happened right then? He was empowered with the Holy Spirit to now take the next step into his earthly ministry, and we go to the fourth chapter. That's the end of the third chapter. Fourth chapter in verse 1 says this, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. I mean, why didn't it say he was led by the Spirit to the beach? He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness? God wouldn't lead us into some wilderness direction or situation or difficulty. God was leading him into the wilderness, not to camp out, but to destroy the effects of the wilderness. God needs His people today in the midst of other people with wrong thinking so that Our thinking by the Holy Spirit can change the wrong thinking. We've got to be out there with the people. We've got to be connected to people and not be afraid. That fear started in Genesis chapter 3. That's where it started. You know what else started there? If you read the few verses after that that we just read in Genesis 3... The blame game started. Who told you you're naked? What, what happened? What, what, what's the deal here? Uh, God, it's that woman you gave me. And the woman? Uh, it's that devil. I mean, it didn't, you know, it's just blame, 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 blame. Not taking responsibility for ourselves. That's where all that started. The fear comes and then the blame. Wherever you see fear in operation, you're finding blaming going on. God wants us delivered to that. And the only way is to be filled with the Spirit. Jesus being led, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. 
which was the beginning of his earthly ministry. But the, the, the key to it, why it took 30 years to happen, he had to be filled with the Spirit. When you are filled with the Spirit, then you have to develop in your life the ability to know his voice through the Word of God and know what he's saying to you right now. God wants you to know what's right right now in every situation you face. So, could it mean that the more you walk with God, that at times in the natural, the more difficult that things get? Yeah. 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 You can experience more pressure. Through the years, in all my 46 years of salvation... I've, I've heard many, many, many people, and I, I, at, at, in the early years, I kind of believed in myself because it makes sense that, you know, if you're doing something for God and you're in a lot of pressure situation, well, you must have done the wrong thing. And that's what a lot of people think. Well, if you know, if you, you just rem- you keep having to deal with things and situations and they're coming at you, then you've done the wrong thing. No, no. What I want to say is, and what I've learned is this. I need more of a sensitivity and an awareness of how to deal with situations that I'm in. That means me going deeper in my relationship with God in having the understanding and discernment that comes from a lifestyle where you're learning how to pray in the Spirit, how to pray the Word, how to listen to the Word, meditate the Word, confess the Word, and the more you do it, things just begin to happen. But you ever notice a lot of times with God, you don't realize what God actually did till it's after the fact? You think, wait a minute, I was just, I was speaking the Word today over that. I just, I won the victory in that thing. See, the problem with that is there's no, uh, no fanfare, right? There's, not, there's, there's no fireworks going on because some great thing happened. God just wants His Word to work for you. And He wants it to work for you because of your connection to the Holy Spirit. Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, returned to the Jordan, and He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He wasn't always led in the wilderness, but in this situation, he was led into the wilderness, and did he get beat up in the wilderness? Victory after victory after victory after victory after victory. But he spent 30 years of preparation for those three and a half years of ministry. And he didn't dawdle. He was serious. To the point that when he was 12 years old, his parents lost him. Where'd they find him? In church. He'd been away from them for three and a half days, and he'd been in church the whole time. He slept at the church because he wanted to hear the Word. He wanted to hear what they were teaching because what they were teaching was life to him, and he knew it, and he had to have it. And at 12 years old, he began to share because they were astonished at what this 12-year-old knew. 
It wasn't because he was the son of God. Mm -mm -mm. Don't be deceived into thinking that. It's because of his hunger for God. Not because he was the son of God. No. Then the devil has something on him. No, 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 no. That, that doesn't work here. See, you, special privilege. No, no, no. No special privilege. He had to learn the way that you and I did. He, he never made a mistake. He never missed it. Yes, he was the son of God that came, became the son of man. He came from the riches and the glory of heaven to the poverty of this earth so that you and I could be liberated in every single way. Yes. But he overcame as the son of man. Right. Not the son of God. Amen. All through scripture. That's what we have to embrace. And the only way you and I can embrace that today is the Holy Spirit revealing that to us and us being convinced of it in our life day to day. Yeah. In every little thing that we face. We're going to get there in just a minute. Chapter 4 and verse 16. This is the beginning of his earthly ministry. So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went to church on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Notice he didn't read I am the Son of God. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me. Everybody say, I'm anointed. anointed. He's given us the same privilege. What was on Him is in a same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, same Spirit that's inside of me. Same Spirit. There's not another Spirit. There wasn't the special Spirit for Jesus and the secondary one for you and I. Same spirit. Same spirit. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and he gave it to the attendant. He sat down and the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, today. And I say to you that are looking at me, today. That scripture was fulfilled back then. He said, today this scripture has been fulfilled in your ears. They're okay with him coming into the synagogue and saying all kinds of things and reading scripture and all that kind of stuff. But when he said this, they let him out of town. They drug him out of town, one translation says. Led him to the side of a cliff and he walked through him. Ready to push him over the side. This is Joseph's son. He was raised with us. We all know him. Who does he think he is? Well, I'm telling you today, you've got to get to the place where people are saying to you, who the heck do you think you are? Who he said I am. 
I'm not him, the resurrected Messiah. I am a child of the one that was created in his image. He is, the Bible says, our elder brother. What he did, sitting at the right hand of the Father right now, representing you and I, and us sitting in that seat with him, Ephesians says, we sit with him. He called us equal partners with the same anointing that was on his life. You've got to see yourself that way. We're joint heirs with the anointing. Children of God, created in the image of God, but joint heirs with the anointing. And that anointing is on your and my life as a result of the Spirit of God inside of us. That's where it's connected. Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. This is, this is in Acts chapter 1, but it's Jesus' account, or, or account of Jesus and, and some of the dealings, a little bit that I'm going to read right here, some of the dealings with his, his uh, disciples after he was raised from the dead. He was on earth for 40 days. And being assembled together with him, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Hmm. Same baptism of the Holy Spirit that he was baptized with. Same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Same Spirit that lives inside of me. If you've received him today, you have the same Spirit that was in him. Same Spirit. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, Will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in Judea, Samaria, Kerville, and to the rest of the world. He's talking to them, talking to me. How about you? He's talking to me. He's talking to you. So you know what he said right there to them? They're wondering when he was, when he was going to restore the kingdom and new heaven, new earth, and all these kind of things. He said, that's for the Father to know. Not even for Jesus to know when he's returning. So you don't need to be worried about that either. Have the expectation. Let it purify your heart and have this longing and desire for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you and I need to be busy developing faith on a day-to-day basis, trusting God and helping other people overcome in every situation. Being so passionate that you believe what you say out of your mouth is going to come to pass because the Holy Ghost revealed it to you. Holy Spirit, He said, in not many days is going to come upon them. And look at here, it did. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, They were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house, the whole house, where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them, and they were all filled. Everybody say filled. Filled. Say it again, filled. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
we're going to talk in this series later on about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the evidence of praying in other tongues, and we're going to talk extensively about the nine manifestations of the Spirit in, in, uh, uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, 12, and, and the seven manifestations of the Spirit in Romans chapter 12. We're going to talk about all of those at different times in this series because it's important we understand it, we understand how they operate because we were created to operate in all of those as He wills. As He wills. Not as we try to figure it out or that's my gift and I'm, you know, they're not even gifts, they're manifestations. They're not even gifts how we think of gifts. God wants His Spirit manifesting in and through you to control this earth. We want to get that on social media. Somebody will find out we said we're trying to control. We are. That's what we're here to do. We're here to be in control. The disciples were, you know, when Jesus was there, they constantly asked him, you know, so you came here to defeat Rome. No. No, I didn't, I didn't come here to defeat the system. I came here to override the system. <laughs> Through faith in God, it's a totally different realm that you operate in. Yeah. And that's what we've been called to do by the Spirit of God. So we're going to talk a lot about, or, or some about, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and several times through this series, we're going to pray for people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of praying in other tongues. But I want to end with this passage in 1 Corinthians 2, and the reason I want to end with this tonight is just because I want you to, I want you to understand that the real purpose for this series is found right here. And I would encourage you throughout this series to read and meditate on 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the whole chapter. Read it and meditate on it. Because there's a lot for your and my life. With me, when I'm, when I'm, re- when I'm meditating on something and spending time in a passage of Scripture, I've, I've got 10, 12, 14 different translations that I like to look at because I'm listening to what God is trying to get over to me and how something relates to me today. You might be reading this in the King James or the New King James like I'm going to read right now, but that sometimes some of the writings have to do with the day and time that they were living in. But some of the other translations, I'm not talking about just believing everything that every translation says, but in some of the translations, it gives you more to think about and meditate on about how to relate what this is saying right here to your life today in the, in the things that you face today. Because at the end of the day, what really matters to me for you is that you overcome. That's all, that, that, I mean, at the end of the day, you, you can like or not like the way I preach. You understand? You may not like the way I wear my hair. Maybe you don't like this shirt I have on. I don't know, whatever. I'm not so concerned about that. I want you to be able to get the truth and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what He needs to get over for you so that you can overcome every day of your life. That's what made the Apostle Paul the Apostle Paul. 
Not that he was stress-free, trial-free, persecution-free. No, he had probably more than anybody, but he overcame in every situation. Couldn't take him out. They couldn't take him out like they couldn't take Jesus out until it was his day. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says we decide what day that is. We'll talk about that later. Anyway, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. This is Paul saying it to the church at Corinth. I was with you in weakness and in fear, and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not all that, you know, 100% impressive, you know. Maybe if, if Paul lived today, you know, I didn't necessarily sound like T.D. Jakes. Everybody say T.D. Jakes is a great preacher, amen? Everybody, everybody say yes and amen. He's a great preacher, I'm saying. But he's, he has a style that's really impressive to me. I like his style and his preaching. So he might say, Maybe I didn't sound like this person or that person or comparing myself to this or that. But he said, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power that your faith would not be in the wisdom of men on how impressive I was, like he was saying that he was, but in the power of God. Everybody say power and Spirit. Where you see the Spirit, you see power. Where you see the Spirit in operation, you see power and demonstration. He wanted that for the people more than he wanted anything else. So that when we pray, we get results. That when we pray, we get results because we believe that what we pray is going to come to pass the way the Word says it's going to come to pass. Yes. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Oh, I have to read that one again. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not, not the wisdom of this age nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. So he says that the thinking that goes contrary to his in the world and the rulers that are ruling apart from him are coming to nothing. Anyway, I just thought I'd remind you of that. <clears throat> but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew, for had they known... They would not have crucified the Lord of glory, but as it is written, eye hasn't seen, nor his ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him, but God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. Our whole series, in one form or another, is going to be about the fact that 
Everything you see with your eye, you hear with your ear. Everything that your five physical senses come in contact with and try to tell you something is so, that's not how, that is not the way God is revealing to you. Do you know how much some of us have to break that down? I mean, and get rid of being moved by what we see, moved by what we hear. Oh my gosh, everything's going to, to hell in a basket. This is happening, that's happening. Oh my gosh, we're, we're not going to make it. And we just read that all the people that try to scare people, there'll be nothing. God said there'll be nothing. I said, God said there'll be nothing. Nothing. But you're not going to be a part of the victory if you're moved by what you see, moved by what you hear, moved by how you feel. You're not going to be a part of that victory because only the ones that will develop and allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to them the things that God has done. It's not knowing God did something. Yeah, I know, I know the Word says that, but, you know, I, I've just never seen it happen. Yeah, because it's never been revealed to you. And the only way for it to be revealed is for you, to, your, your conscience, your spirit man, your human spirit that's been made one with the Holy Spirit, your human spirit learning how to grow up by the things that the Holy Spirit is revealing to you. And it's a whole process. So throughout this series, that right there is what we're going to spend our time with. I'm going to read that again from I has not seen. So I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. So eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, what God has done for you. That's not how you're going to get it. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. Anybody ever heard, have you ever said it with your own mouth or you heard people say, well, you just, you just, you just don't know the deep things of God or you just don't know the things, you can't know all the things of God. Spirit does. Where is He? He's inside of you and I. We can know everything God wants us to know if that's, what, that's where we're spending our time receiving. But if we're here and we're here, here and 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 here, you know what we're walking in? Deception. You will be deceived. Actually, I'm guaranteeing it. I'm putting a guarantee on the fact if you remain being moved by what you see, moved by what you hear, you will be deceived. And you will make decisions that are not connected to God because the only true decisions that can be made are internally where the Spirit of God is. I need that more than I need anything else. I need to be developing that more than I need to, to be developing anything else. And that in this series is what we're going to talk about. Actually, I'm just going to read the rest of the chapter, a few more verses. Now, we've received 
even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now, we've received not the Spirit of the world. Woo! Glory to God. Glory to God. That word world there is the system, the way of thinking. That's not what we've received. No. What have we received? We've not received the thing that the Spirit of the world. I lost my place. But the Spirit who is from God. Not receive the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God. That we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual, one translation says, spiritual words. You begin to pray in the Holy Ghost. You pray in the Spirit, then you pray with the understanding. As you're praying in the understanding, you get the interpretation of the things that God wants you to do, and that's how you learn to flow internally instead of here and here. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness to him, nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. I'll read that again. The natural man, man that's looking here and here, being moved by everything here and here, making decisions from this and this, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. He didn't say the non-born-again man. He's talking about the born-again man. He's talking to the church here talking to the born-again people that are still being moved by what they see and what they hear. He said, the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God for their foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. That's why I said, you need to meditate on this chapter all through this series. It's going to show you things. Read it in different translations. It's going to show you things for yourself that is going to empower you to overcome in ways you never thought you could. That's right. And I'm, I'm telling you now, every time I teach a series like this, I remember what the Apostle Paul said, I can't not pray for you. So everybody that came here tonight, I pray for you already, but we'll give it a double dose. <laughs> you need it. I need it. Because you need this. You need this now like never before. You need, to make, you need in your life to take a new step here in how you deal. I don't care how you've connected with the Spirit of God in days past. He wants something new and fresh. Because I'm telling you, everything that's out there and there's stuff out there, everything that's out there, only way we will be able to overcome, not running from it, not hiding somewhere, not going to you know, vacation. I mean, everybody say vacations are great. Yeah. You need a vacation. Everybody, I love them. I love vacation, but you can't live on vacation. And you can't run from the things you see and the things you hear. You have to hear and be able to overcome. How did the Spirit lead Jesus? Right in the middle of it. Hmm? And here comes the devil. Who do you think you are? If you're all that, do this. If you're all that, do this thing. What about this and that and this? 
Everything that came out of Jesus' mouth was the word of God. He answered it with the word. Not moved by emotion, not moved by what he saw, not allowing fear to grip his heart. Only the word of God. Can you say amen to that? But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Question. Who's known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Can you say amen to that? We have the mind of Jesus Christ. So, I spent some time with you tonight. I mean... The message I just preached has challenged me in a new way. I've just, I heard two things as I was preaching to myself, for myself. I was preaching to you, to us, but I heard two things for myself, just as I was preaching the Word. Mm. And I'm telling you, God wants this series to take you to a new level, to new heights in your life, of being able to overcome in the midst of what you do. Anybody in here ever had a really bad job? I have two hands up. I've had some really bad jobs through the years where I didn't like people and didn't like this and didn't like that or whatever. But early on somewhere, God taught me to take the challenge of those environments and change them. And so that's what I started doing. I'm just going to tell you one quick story and then we'll, we'll end with this. I've told this story before, so if you've heard it before, just look at me like you've never heard it, okay? <laughs> but I had, a, I had a business, I lived in McAllen, Texas, in the Rio Grande Valley, and I owned a business, Becky and I owned a business, and um, I, did, I did work at car dealerships, I had my own van, and I would go and do these, this work at car dealerships. I had about 15 car dealers, uh, new and used car dealers that I would do work on, at, at, on their lots. And at one of those places, one, one of the dealerships, the, uh, the mother of the owner paid the bills. And, uh, and she, was, uh, she was a piece. Everybody said she was. She was a piece of work. And... Uh, when I first came on, I bought the business that we had. We bought it from another guy, a good friend of ours. And, he, and one of the things, he didn't tell me much about the business. He just said, watch out for her. And I'd been saved long enough where I, I thought, man, I'm, I'm taking the challenge. I'm taking the plunge, you know. And uh, for about a year, because everybody said, if, if, you're a, if you're a subcontractor with them like I was, then you, you'll, it'll take you weeks to get your paychecks. You know, when you're supposed to be paid, when everybody else is supposed to be, is going to be paid, she won't pay you because she, she says she didn't have the time. Sure enough, you know, first time I went in there, took my receipt, and I said, I'll, I'll be back Monday to get my check, and I came back Monday. She was sit, she, I feel like she was sitting there on purpose, <laughs> knowing I was going to show up on Monday. It's not ready. I don't know when it'll be ready, my check. Something like that. Okay. Thank you, man. So I came back a couple of days later, still wasn't ready. Probably took a week. But every time, time I came there, this is what I said to her. I said, thank you, ma'am. I'm not going to say her name. It, she, she's actually passed away now. But, but uh, I said to her, thank you, ma'am, and have a really good day. And she just looked at me. 
because she, she, you know, in with most people, she's saying this to them, and she's irritating them, and they're expressing the irritation. They would go to her son, who was the owner of the dealership, and complain to him that they weren't getting paid, and he'd have to step in, and he didn't want to deal with her either. You know what I'm saying? And so, you know, time went on and on, and then one day, one day, I show up from a Friday to a Monday, and there's my check. And I promise you, there were a lot of people that didn't get paid. From that day on, for about three more years, I never missed a Monday. My check was always there. And I got to connect with this lady, and I was able to lead her to the Lord. And we moved from McAllen and came here and, and started pastoring this church in 1989. And in 1991, I think it was, I got a call that she was in an intersection in her car and pulled out and somebody ran it like 50 miles an hour. And, and wh- whatever side, if she was going this way, the car hit right where she was in the driver's side and hit her and she died instantly. Now just think about this. I know this lady was not saved and she didn't like God at all because she didn't like people that supposedly liked God. But my connection to her and leading her to the Lord, I, I had the privilege of leading her to the Lord before I left McAllen. That lady's in heaven. I'll see her again as a result of that. Amen? And all through that time with her, I kept listening, and the Holy Spirit kept telling me how to treat her, how to do this, how to deal with this situation and that situation. And had I not been connected to God and the Holy Spirit, I I would have just been about myself, been mad like everybody else was with her, you know? Just one example. But we have a whole generation of people that are crying out for somebody to love them. That's all that is. You look at somebody and they're mean and ugly and got a bad attitude and whatever, and you just want to respond, you know, come back at them with their kind of stuff. You, act, you acted that way to me and then I'm coming back like this. Who's going to step up and say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to make a difference. I don't mean you have to let people just walk all over you, but you do have to do, when you're led by the Spirit, you do have to do whatever He tells you to do. And it's going to be different every time. So don't compare your story like my story right here. Don't try to fit that into your story. You've got to hear God. Glean from it. But then you've got to hear God in how to handle the people that you face and the people you come up against because every story is going to be different. That's why we have him. <laughs> right? I can't be led by somebody's story. I can glean from it and take that and it encourage me and challenge me, but I still got to be led by the Spirit. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, we invite you to share it with someone in your life. We would love for you to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can also download our app and stay connected to Gates and access to the Word of God anytime you need it. We are believing that the seed of today's Word is going deep in your heart and that you always remember God is more than enough in every situation of your life.